Well, welcome to this episode of Doxology Matters, where we desire to help you think deeply about God's Word as you praise Him. Today, we're actually sitting on the campus of Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia, uh, one of the most beautiful campuses uh, in the country. It is just really beautiful. And we're excited today to have uh, Haley Toledo back with us. Uh, many of you have commented to me how blessed you were by her uh, being on the podcast a number of episodes ago. And so we're thankful to have her back today. So glad to be back. Hey, good morning, Keith. Hey, good morning, everybody. Yeah. You may be listening to this at night, but right now we're it's in the morning for us. <laughs> Little humor. Uh, today we continue uh, talking about the attributes of God. And if you've listened to a previous episode with Pastor Kevin Jones, you know that we're going to begin a, a series on the attributes of God. You do not have to listen to them consecutively. You can jump in at any time and listen to any of the episodes. But today's topic is the attribute of grace for this episode and I'm going to turn the tables and Haley's going to host and I'm going to be the guest for this episode so Haley off you go all right Keith um we're going to go ahead and get into some of these questions that are prepared um so talking about the grace of God what would you say is how would you say you would define God's grace well I'd say uh it's a free gift um and it's nothing that is within side of us. It is something that is good from given by God. It's external, meaning that uh, it's, it's nothing that we can give ourselves, obviously. Um, it's, it's grace given to men. And I think about it in two categories, God's common grace. Like for us right now, we are breathing and having our being. We used our legs to come and our eyes to, to see where we were walking today. So there is a, a common grace given to even the unregenerate man. John Calvin talks about that at Institutes of Christian Religion. But also we see a saving grace, redeeming grace, that is given to save sinners. And um, in the Reformed tradition, you would think of it as like a particular uh, redemption, a saving grace. Mm. What does the Bible say about those two types of grace? What does the Bible say about the grace of God in general? Uh, well, you look at Ephesians chapter 2, um, I believe we'll get to that here in a little bit, but uh, yeah, verse 4 of chapter 2, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. So we know that this is nothing of our own doing, it is by grace and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. By grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. So this shatters any notion that we can come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ on our own effort. Uh, it is only by God's grace. It is not a result of works so that no one may boast. There is no room for boasting at the foot of the cross. It is all by grace. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God pre prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So here we see clearly that our salvation is by God's kindness in his son, Jesus Christ, by granting us grace. Mm, that's good especially chapter 2 of Ephesians verses 8 and 9, we often use that as an evangelistic um, passage and verses for salvation. 
How would you say that God's grace applies to sanctification of the believer? Well, he is keeping us. Um, Jude twenty-four twenty-five. Um, let me pull it up here. Our Bible. Yeah, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling. So we see God's keeping power. Um, keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forevermore. Amen. It's one of my favorite benedictions at the end of the service. But we see here that it's God's keeping grace that um, helps us grow in sanctification. And we know that we are clean as the word washes over us, mentioned in John chapter 15. Um, so he, gr- he grants us grace. He grants me grace in knowing you that how he is working in your life impacts my life so in my um, relationship friendship with you I become more like the son because of your influence in my life and that's God's kindness it's his grace to me Uh, in my marriage as joy models the truth and lives out uh, lives out the truth by the spirit to me uh, i'm encouraged it's just it's it's grace to us um one generation shall commend your works to another as we commend god's works to each other that is a a means of grace um his word preached on a sunday song sung prayer um, the ordinances of the church there's so many means of grace my av team lead john gathers and i we often say everything that is good is from God, you know, and so um, there's so much grace that is extended to us every day that we may be aware of like one or two aspects. Mm. And that's, I like what you said about everything that's good comes from him. And that's, that's in James, every good gift comes down from the father of lights and who's in heaven. Um, you mentioned a lot of the ways that the Lord reveals his grace to believers. Um, what would you say is, a way that um what does what does a lack of grace look like in someone's life a lack of grace i would say um specifically in the way they live out or Mm -hmm. in gospel or which way a lack of god's grace like a lack of recognition knowledge of god's grace in their life well lack of knowledge of that would be a boastful person that are walking in their own strength that is under the a delusion and a wrong thinking that they are who they are based on their own effort and merit. Like even the unregenerate man is, they're only able to live and have their being because the God of the Bible has granted them common grace to live. Um, for the Christian, you know, we have no place to boast no 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 room to boast at all um everything we have is from him so when that mindset is absent there's pride and uh john piper said if you can conquer the sin of pride many other sins would go by the wayside so that's my first response to a lack of grace is can uh, be a breeding ground for conceit Mm -hmm. you mentioned a lot that knowledge and understanding of the grace of God has a lot to do with our conduct and the way that we live our lives. Um, Why should we show grace to others? 
we've been given so much grace. Um, you think about how much sin that we have committed. Um, I mean, th- who could count the number of sins that we have committed since we were born? And you think about all of mankind. But we read in Psalm 103 that God forgives all of our iniquity. And that's a lot. And so when we think about how gracious God has been to us in Jesus Christ, then we should seek to have the mind of Christ and walk in the same way and extend um, grace to others in the same way. For me, you know, as you as you shot me these questions to, to pray over beforehand, I thought about on my best days, walking according to the Spirit, um, eager to show grace, it just flows. On my less than better days, worst days, that maybe I'm walking according to my own strength in the flesh. I'm not as apt to be gracious with people, but more have a posture of, well, you should just do this, or why didn't you do that? You know, a little bit more of a judgmental or um, approach. But um, I want to have the heart of the Father that's grace. Now, I want to have truth as well grace and truth but um, when we acknowledge and understand God's grace to us as Christians we should be propelled to show that same manner of grace to others you mentioned um, speaking in our flesh and being judgmental in our flesh without being filled with the spirit Um, and a lot of times I've seen in my life and I know in a lot of um, the lives of the believers that I know we tend to draw the line with grace. We extend grace until we feel like we can't anymore or we don't want to anymore or it's not convenient. Um, would you say that there are limits to God's grace? Um, does he draw the line anywhere specifically where he no longer extends grace? Well, at a certain point in redemptive history, like the grace window is closed. Um, so I think that is a, a, a finite line to God showing grace. We don't want to live like Paul exhorts us to because grace abounds that we should sin more. Mm-hmm. Um, I know when I was in seminary, that was casually kind of in the vernacular referred to as cheap grace. Uh, just because God gives us grace doesn't mean that we should take advantage of that kind grace that he gives to us. So that's my, that's my responses initially to that question. When you mention redemptive history, what what do you mean by that? Um, All of God's working throughout uh, the Bible. We see in Genesis 1 all the way to Revelation and all the way now. Like here we are setting it uh, March the 6th, uh, 2021 here at Liberty. Like he is still doing his redeeming work. So all throughout redemptive history of God redeeming mankind. Mm -hmm. And we know that in that redemptive history, like you mentioned, grace the grace of God is made evident throughout history since the beginning, since creation, um, and all the way to revelation and the end times. Um, what would you say amazes you most about God's grace? What amazes me most is, um, I think the older I'm getting and the longer I'm walking with the Lord, the, the clearer it is to me what a sinner I am and my struggle with sin. And, you know, people often think, Um, in regards to that you have to have some major like issue that you're oh wow he's saying he's really struggling with sin well yeah you know like I don't have to murder somebody to struggle with sin I can have it in my heart or covet or speak uncharitably about someone 
or um, worship an idol other than God. Like it, um, what just blows me away that God is so kind to us. And you're thinking about God's justice in the past episode with Kevin Jones. It really just like a light bulb went off in my head. Like not only can God not not deal with sin because he's holy, but he gives us the remedy within the Godhead through his son, Jesus Christ, yes. to love us and rescue us. So <laughs> there's this problem, but yet he gives us the remedy all within the person of God. Yes. <laughs> it's just like, whoa. Yes. Yes. And with that, I think that that shows God's grace more than anything because not only is he loving and caring for us and he sent his son in that way, but he's also righteous in doing so because he couldn't, we couldn't be saved without someone of the Godhead doing the saving. Yes. Um, because nobody can measure up to God's glory except God. Yeah, Ephesians 2. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you mentioned our relationship, which I love and cherish uh, very deeply. Same. Um, so I've had a relationship with you and Joy for a couple of years now. Joy a little bit longer. She was my Sunday school teacher, and I feel that that relationship is very much a discipleship role. Um, for me, I feel very much like your disciple um, and her disciple as well, which I'm grateful for. Um, how would you say we can incorporate grace into discipleship? Um, yeah, as I thought about that question, I'm caring for somebody right now who, um, I'm caring for a lot of people being a, a pastor. There's a lot of soul care that goes on. But as you seek to disciple somebody that has maybe a certain struggle or proclivity to um an addiction or whatnot to have understanding and compassion with them and grace. And when somebody's struggling, even people that we see on social media, you know, that are um, not born again Christians, like we shouldn't have judgmental hearts, but we should have compassion that they do not know the God of the Bible. Um, but as regenerate Christians, um, we need to extend grace to them because we have received grace. And so in a discipleship relationship, I want to model that before um, the person that I'm caring for. Also with truth, you know, that, um, that's that got to be there, truth. But we don't want to live in a world with no grace with them um they would feel that he wouldn't honor the lord that's not how he that's not how he did it and does Mm -hmm. so therefore we should walk in the same way yeah i will say that i think that you have modeled that very well for me um you're a sinner and you're imperfect and um that's evident sometimes (laughs) as it is in all of us (laughs) (laughs) i'm not calling you you out here (laughs) i'm calling him out here folks go ahead you Um, know (laughs) Um, but I just want to thank you, um, for that as well. Um, now discipleship is not only in our hometown and where we're at, um, we are commanded to make disciples of all nations by the, the great commission in Matthew, as well as in the rest of the gospels. Um, how does God's grace tie in with our mission and our command of discipling believers of all nations? Well, as I mentioned earlier, like we should be blown away that God has compassion on us Mm. and, when we are gripped by that, then 
our hearts and our lives should be zealous to share that with the watching world, mm-hmm. not only in Yorktown, Virginia, and Lynchburg, Virginia, but all along the world. If we don't, then are we really gripped by God? Mm. Are we really thankful for the gospel? You know, some some might argue maybe yes, but like as we have been shown so much compassion and grace and the gospel, we should proclaim mm-hmm. it. Amen. And it's very convicting, even as I say that, like it's very convicting on how and there's times where I'm not. Um but the grace that has saved us, that gift should compel us to go mm-hmm. to the nations. Amen. How do we go to the nations right now? How would you say for the listener, um, they can be involved with discipleship overseas or giving overseas in a COVID environment where we might not be able to travel right now or for the near future? How would you say we can extend grace by discipling believers of all nations now? I think what is the blessing of here in the United States, even in our local hometown area, uh, the nations are here with us. Mm. And, you know, for you here at Liberty University, there's students from all over. You know, so in a sense, the nations have come to us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we need to seize those opportunities when we can't travel. Like, we have not been able to go to Haiti to do a gospel mission in a couple of years since COVID and, and COVID hadn't been going on that long. We were supposed to go last year and couldn't go. My heart aches for that. I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to being back with those people mm-hmm. uh, to preach the gospel there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've done a lot of that to share the gospel, to pass out tracks there in Haiti as the streets are so busy and there's a lot of standstills. Uh, tracks are really effective there. Maybe in the United States, it's kind of like, um, I don't know, it's not as, effective some people could say it's like old school Mm -hmm. but um when you're communicating the gospel and the context you're communicating whatever works works Mm -hmm. and so when i'm there often well in every trip actually when we're waiting i'll just hand out like hundreds of tracks to people and they take it they're willing to take it um so i would say locally in covid reach out to those that are not like you they don't look like you. Uh, reach out to those that do look like you because God cares for them. Um, and then when you can, get back on, you know, um, far, uh, far-reaching far missions. You know, what is it? Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. I like to think of it as, as the worship pastor at Bethel that we do Easter praise for our area. And then we go to the gathering place in Maryland for a special needs mission trip. That's like the next level out. And then Haiti missions, we go another level out. So while we can, in the midst of COVID, try to continue to be gospel sharers. Um, And it doesn't need to be like... I I was reading evangelism book by, uh, I believe the Styles in the Nine Mark series. Our pastors here at Bethel are going through that book. He says the gospel should be evident in everything you do. So that if a non-Christian comes to a service at Bethel or to a wedding, they should clearly hear the gospel because everything is so saturated with the gospel. Uh, Great. You mentioned a book that has really helped you out and taught you a lot about um, the gospel and evangelism and, and what it means to share the truth of who Christ is with others. 
what would you say is a book or work that you've read? Um, I know you're a big reader. We know we, you definitely support reading, especially reading about who God is and his characteristics, um, how he reveals himself to us. Um, what would you say is a book that you would recommend about the grace of God? Specifically on this topic, I would say uh, in the order and application of salvation would be R.C. Sproul's book, the late R.C. Sproul's book, uh, Grace Unknown, outlines the tenets of Reformed theology. Uh, another one would be, uh, in a different way, more of the sanctification way, but with the root of God's initial working in our life uh, in redemption, regeneration, is Future Grace by John Piper. It's not a short book. It's about 400 and maybe 50 pages. But it um, the onus of it is uh, praying and trusting for God's future grace in the sin struggle that you have, anxiety, lust, covetedness. So that book is super practical, yet it's not, um, it's rooted in God's Word, and it's unashamedly um, <laughs> proclaimed, as John Piper does. But by far, that has been the most helpful book, Understanding Grace in Discipleship, for me. I've read it two or three times, and that was before I was a really big reader. It is really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Even if you don't get that book and read it cover to cover, read it and read the chapter that is your current struggle. Maybe your current struggle is anxiety. Read it and pray mm-hmm. through that. Great. Great recommendations. Um, well, thank you. Those are all the questions that I have for you today, Keith. Um, thank you guys for listening. And we're going to go ahead and close out. Well, guys, we thank you for listening. Haley, thank you for being the host. You did great. I love all your questions. I love the humility that you asked them. Uh, we want to encourage you to um, give us a, a follow, uh, subscribe to Doxology Matters at us uh, on Spotify or Apple Podcast or some of the many different other platforms that you can find us on. Uh, we'd love for you to listen. You can give us a follow at Worship Arts Ministry 757 on Instagram or check us out on Facebook, uh, the Worship Arts page, and you'll always see these posts and other posts uh, related to the um, the kingdom of God as we seek to encourage you with biblical truth. Thank you for listening.